Hey guys, Coach Sean here and welcome to another episode of the Coach Sean Fitness Podcast. Coming to you straight from the Coach Sean Fitness Studios. And, and by that I mean um, in my kitchen next to this two foot inflatable skeleton coffin ice bucket thingy. Um, and I'm on uh, Halloween, there's a Halloween um, tablecloth. And here's what happened, right? So on Saturday we headed uh head down, headed down to the expo for the Martin. I'm gonna get back to the co- the skeleton coffin in a second. Don't worry, it builds to that story. So what happened was, um, I don't know if it was all the different sugar offerings and gels and and different vegan crisps and whatever fulfill bars, all what quest bars, everything that was kind of offered to you, at at the expo. Um, but I. Had to do an airport run after the expo, and on my way back, I just I don't know if it was a sugar rush or it was nerves what was to come for the, doing the Dublin City Marathon the next day. But I was like, I have to do something, I have to do something. So I went to Tesco's and I spent an hour just roaming through Tesco's. At first, I had nothing, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll organize people to come over tomorrow night. So I was over the party section looking at, um, you know, not, not the best food in the world, but you know, just different nibbles and stuff like that and then i just roamed to the halloween decorations area and i was like i don't like getting down i went back to the parties area then i was like i went to the chocolate area then i went down to the see what kind of drinks they had and then i filled a basket then i realized that wasn't good enough so i had to hide the basket in the fruit and veg shop apart to go downstairs get a trolley and come back up this took well over an hour and i came back to the apartment had a load of stuff hadn't even invited anyone over to the apartment yet for the next night so i did that and then i was like i need halloween decorations around this apartment and i had some from last year because we had a halloween party here so i spent the next hour doing that which included this skeleton coffin thing that has it can hold like four or five bags of ice not that i needed anywhere near that but nerves had definitely kicked in or it was a really, really big sugar rush that I just wasn't used to for the Dublin City Marathon. And the reason being was I every time I talked about the marathon that week to people, they were like, what's your goal for to do the marathon? And I was like, you know, I just want to enjoy it. Because the thing is, I didn't feel like I'd done enough training for it. And because I was away in September, it was a bit of a break in it. I was, I, you know, I worked really hard for the last four or four weeks just to try and get into shape to, to finish it. So they'd ask me, you know, what's what's the time goal? And I always tell people to have a goal. So when I was like, just enjoy it, it just seemed like everyone was in on it where they just said nothing and waited for me to speak next. And and I couldn't handle the silence and the fact that I was somewhat lying to them, not meaning to lie, but I wanted to do the marathon in the four hours. I've always wanted to do the marathon in the four hours. So when they asked the question, what's the goal? And I was like, ah, just to enjoy the race and take it all in the atmosphere, which was true. When I when they paused and didn't say anything, I was like, "But I want to do it in the four hours." So Sunday so roll, I didn't sleep much Saturday night because I it really got to me this year that I'd said in the past two years I was doing it in the four hours and I'd failed in that goal. And to be honest, no one really cares except myself on it. But it was just one of those things where I had put it out there so much I I had to somehow eventually back it up. I I honestly didn't believe it was the year, but I was gonna try. So we got down there and oh my god, what a beautiful morning. It was a little bit cold, but sure, it's the end of October, what they expect, with the exception of that. Like for most of the race, I look up the sky and there wasn't a single cloud in the sky. It was unbelievable. Absolutely perfect running weather. Um, 
unbelievable weather. The crowds was insane throughout the entire event. The, the atmosphere is just really, really good. I said last week, I'm not too sure from the health benefits to doing a marathon, but if you're going to do a marathon, I would definitely recommend doing the Dublin City one. It is unbelievable. And when I got to the starting line, I was like, I felt good. Physically, I felt in better shape than I had the, the last two years in terms of no inju- injuries or anything like that. I didn't think I was as fit as last year. Long story short, I... I I got my goal. I did it in three hours forty nine minutes. I I stuck with the three forty pacers um for the first two hours and fifty minutes doing it, and then they slowly started to get a little bit ahead, and I was like, you know what, I could just ease into this and still get under the four. Now my body, I couldn't go much faster because my body started to get really sore at that stage, and I pushed it as much as I could. And I know I said it in last week's podcast, don't do anything new. But I did one new thing. I got one new thing in the expo. And when I struggled, I looked down and there were these. The only way I can describe it is if you've seen Rocky Four, their boxing shorts, the stars and stripes that Rocky wears when he fights um, Ivan Drago and ends the, the the Cold War between America and Russia. That That's historically, historically factual. Struggling my words there. Historically factual that he ended the Cold War. And they're just, just over the top socks that had that with them you're not supposed to get any bliss and stuff like that, which was true. Um I think it was the Stegen Stegen? Stegen? Stegen um section of the expo that um that I got the socks in. They worked because usually I suffer bad on my feet. Don't worry, I won't go into details on that. But no blisters, got through the race, and when I struggled and I looked down and I'd see these stars and stripes, I just get a little giggle to myself and then head up, it give me a little kick, keep going till I got to the next big section of crowds, and I'd have this big goofy smile on my face and keep running from there. Side note on the race, I did hear my name mentioned a few times in Castlenock, and people did comment afterwards saying it was me. I'm sorry if I didn't acknowledge anyone that was calling my name. One, I was like in the zone and focused and stuff. But two, the, the real reason is I'm half blind. I, I I probably couldn't have spotted my mother in the crowd if she was there. That happened to me last year. My mom was like near at the finish line with a few of my friends and stuff. And they're all screaming my name and stuff. I didn't see any of them. I, I And I, I couldn't pick them out. Um, I'm just really, really bad with that. So... Yeah, that's my really quick story, my quick summary on the Dublin City Marathon uh, this year. I didn't really want to, to blab on too much about it and make this podcast all about myself without actually giving any info to you guys. If you are going to do it, I would strongly recommend um signing up. Uh, but they did announce today that they're going to do a lottery for next year. Um, So everyone's on an even playing field and where to get a ticket. I could probably moan a lot about that, but it is what it is. So I think you have to sign up somewhere between the 1st of November and the the end of the month, the 30th of November. And then they do the lottery in January. So if you're thinking about it, sign up, take the time, put in the the work. And my God, the crowds on the day will get you through once you put the training in. It's the atmosphere is unbelievable. And I did have that party that night, by the way. I, I did, There was ice in that skeleton coffin thingy or whatever it is. I better put up an Instagram story in this one just so I can show you people what it was. And I did have the party. We had around we had around 10 people over the apartment. I had me 49ers on the corner. They won yet again, which means no burpees in the classes this week. So 
if that gets more people to support them keep on going that's what i'm going to keep doing no burpees this week the 49ers won it was a great weekend all in all the legs are a little bit sore but i had to cycle into work today uh today being tuesday as i record this legs felt a little bit better cycling in so probably the worst thing i did was go out sunday night and um, because i had a pretty bad hangover monday morning and the pain of the marathon ruined that pretty pretty bad hangover so i didn't do a whole lot monday the legs stiffened up i was on the foam rotor for like five minutes or so looking at the foam rotor hurt my legs more so even as when quads barely touched it i was in absolute agony but the cycle today helped got back into it and that's pretty much all i'm going to talk about the marathon right now um yep today's episode we're going to be talking a little bit away from training and running we're going straight into intermittent fasting So intermittent fasting is a strategy that I hear people use when they're trying to lose weight. The main reason would be to, to lose weight. And it's gained a lot of popularity over the past few years, the former diet. Some people have had great results with it. You see it all the time on Instagram, Twitter, and stuff like that. People swear by it. So why is intermittent fasting? And is it just a fad or can you can it be sustainable for long-term health? So there's um a bit there's a bit of a difference between some people when they say uh, time restricted eating and intermittent fasting, um but there's a vast difference between the two, especially if you love your food. Intermittent fasting involves calorie restriction between your meals, and it's pretty much an umbrella form for all types of fasting. And I'll get into those types in a couple of minutes. Time restricted is a form of intermittent fasting where you could eat for eight hours and fast for the next 16 for example and the focus is primarily on the window you have to eat some people start in a bigger window so you have 10 12 hours to eat and then reduce that window over time um 12 hours seems like a normal day so i'm not too sure that really would count but some people have a 12 12 hour intermittent fasting so time-restricted eating allows you to eat whatever you want in a time frame and then fast. So there's some studies that say that it can work. It can help with weight loss because if you've only got time to eat in a certain amount of hours, you're probably not going to eat as much food as you would over the rest of the day, which will mean you have a calorie reduction, which will mean for most of us, we would lose weight. And it also means that if you only eat in a certain amount of hours, it might take away the need to do calorie counting because... You're, you won't have a snack in outside those hours. Um, but in some cases, it means you might have to miss meals. So we're going to talk about that a little bit now. The most popular form would be the 16-8 diet. So that's really the one you hear about most. You might hear 14-10 diet. And the 16-8, 14-10 just refers to the hours in the day. So it's like 16 hours fasting, 8 hours eating. eating. So you're squeezing your three meals into an 8-hour window that probably means you're skipping breakfast. So let's say if you had, you're doing a nine to five, you'll probably have to skip, not have to skip breakfast, but most people probably would skip the breakfast, have your first first meal around lunchtime. So if that's around one o'clock, it means that your last meal is going to be between eight and nine that evening. That will fit in the eight hour window. So you'd have your one o'clock meal, maybe your food after work and then um, some sort of meal after work and then another meal then between eight and nine o'clock in the evening. It will be it will be tough to overeat in that diet, but the only problem would then would be organizing those hours on the weekend where do you have that eight hour schedule, uh, and but at the same time most diets it's a lot harder to keep track and stick on the weekend no matter what you do because you're out of that routine whereas Monday to Friday it's a lot easier. 
that goes back to the old adage that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. It kickstarts metabolism, all this kind of stuff. Not necessarily true. Not really true at all. I've talked about this before where over the course of 24 hours is, is what matters most in terms of what you eat and the sum of the calories over those 24 hours. That could mean having a great breakfast might help some people. Some people, they can't stand the look of food first thing in the morning. They just want to get up have their coffee and go about their things. I think in most cases, they don't count coffee in uh, in fasting. So coffee and water and stuff like that is included outside the eight hours. So they had their morning coffee. That'd be enough to get through the lunchtime. If you're someone that's used to breakfast and enjoy having breakfast and feel you won't have any energy without having your breakfast, then you m- might want to think about changing the hours where your first meal could be, you see your first meal be around seven o'clock in the morning, which means your last meal has to be all right, Sean, you're putting the spot for mats by three, three o'clock. Is that right? That means you could have no food at all in the evening, which means that would make it really difficult. Yeah, that's why you'd have to skip breakfast because if you had food at seven o'clock and then you made your commute into work at for nine, then you'd have lunch around one. And that's six hours already for, for your next meal, which won't sleep culture anyway. It's not a big deal. But if you've only got two more hours to have a meal, that's where it gets a bit problematic. So it would, it would really pretend pretend it will really depend on your own schedule on how you could fit in those eight hours it doesn't matter where the eight hours are in the day but as long as it was sustainable for you to keep it going especially between Monday and Friday around your work and then after that with the weekend you can experiment with different times from there so the other type of diet that'd be pretty pretty popular in terms of fasting would be the 5-2 diet Unfortunately, that's not five hours fasting and two hours for eating. That's uh, five days of eating and then two non-consecutive days of not eating. Well, 500 calories each on each day, which kind of sounds like not eating to me because a lot of my meals are probably over 500 calories, let alone a day of meal. So it's not a lot. But the premise behind this one, and it goes back to calories once again, is it's taken the whole week into it. So you could overeat a little bit on Monday. To, let's say let's say you had a 2,000 calories a day. That was your limit. Now, if you stuck to that, that was your baseline weight for the week. If you overeat it slightly on three to five days by 500 calories, and then you had 1,500 calories less, on two non-consecutive days over the course of the week you'd have eaten 1000 calories less per week i really hope that makes sense because that made sense in my my head i hope the maths is the maths is right in that i'm confident that the maths is right in that so because you're only you're eating so little calories on those non-consecutive days you're overall you're probably going to have a calorie reduction throughout the week the problem would would be because it's non-consecutive days, you're going to have to pick a day where you're probably working and it might be a struggle not to eat food that day. It is possible, but I mean, like if you have a boiled egg, that's like 80 calories. I mean, two boiled eggs, that's 160 calories right there. You can't really have much else. You probably have some soup maybe that might help with a chicken breast. Um, you'd probably rely on a lot of water throughout the day and then you'd have to have a very, very small meal in the evening to get even closer that's if you have three meals you could break it down into two meals and two 250 calories i'm not too sure i could recommend that because i'm not too sure i'd be able to do that but it is it is possible and then 
breaking it down even further, there's the one-one diet. The one-one diet is eating on one day, fasting the next, net the next day. Oh man, no, <laughs> sorry, I'm not even gonna go into that. I, I don't think. Just thinking about the one-one diet, fasting every second day, I just don't think that's sustainable long term. I, I can't really go into that too much. I mean, if you're fasting every second day, you're definitely gonna try and overeat on the day you're not fasting to overcompensate that, and that's just gonna mess mess your system. I I just don't find that sustainable, and um, especially one of those days is also gonna be a weekday, so you'd have to do Monday eat normal, Tuesday fast. Wednesday normal Thursday fast and then Saturday fast yeah I, I don't really see that working and so I'm going to move on from that another type of diet would be the uh, the warrior diet we're allowed to have some fruit vegetables zero calorie liquids throughout the day and then you have a four-hour window at night to have one big meal don't like that don't like that at all once again don't think sustainable you're going to fall off the wagon and once you do, you're going to feel terrible that you couldn't stick with a diet and be in a worse state when you, when you started. I just don't think that's possible for, for 99% of the population. So, um, yeah, I'm going to move on to that. So, when it comes to energy expenditure, there are some studies suggest that neither time-restricted eating nor intermittent fasting has an effect on energy expenditure. Eating and fasting may help decrease your appetite, so you're not eating as much, and that will lead to an overall calorific deficit. In my opinion, I would view intermittent fasting, time-restricted eating as a strategy to lower the number of calories you're consuming in a day. For some people, depending on your lifestyle, it's very achievable to have your meals within an 8-hour window. If you feel like what you're doing isn't working for you right now, yeah, it could be an option. But you got to look at your schedule, you got to plan your meals, and you got to ask yourself, is this sustainable? And if it is, it might very well be for you. And by that I mean like the 16-8 or the 14-10, not the warrior diet and certainly not the 1-1 diet. Can't really get by them. Although I've heard people talk about the 5-2 diet and say it, it's worked for them. So uh, there's, def- there's books in that as well. So potentially, but that would that would really depend on, on, on your lifestyle and if it suited you. So maybe the 5-2 diet, but not if, if it sounds too extreme. It, it probably is and if it's extreme you know nine times out of ten you're not gonna be able to stick to it and if you fail on a diet then and you can't stick to it you're gonna feel a lot worse so make it achievable yes it has to be challenging but also achievable and like for me for example i i wouldn't do intermittent fasting just because it doesn't suit my lifestyle like there's some mornings uh most mornings during the week i have sessions from 6 a.m and then sometimes i'm not finished at 10 o'clock at night now i have me off times in between but to, to try and get an eight-hour window in between 6 a.m. and, and 10 p.m., it, it's not going to happen. I can come home sometimes at 10 o'clock, and I'm like, I got to eat, um, and I'll have some sort of, it'd be a low-carb meal just because I'm used to that, and as well as that, if I have carbs, which I figured out on Friday night where I tried to carb load a little bit, I slowly increased my carbs going back to the marathon. I slowly increased my carbs, but I had a late meal on the Friday night. I had pasta, and just because I wasn't used to it, I could not sleep that night because my body was trying to digest it and I kept waking up every hour. Could have been a little bit of nerves as well on that one, but I, I think a lot of it was down to, to the increased carbs. But getting back to my original point on that, it's very hard for me to find an eight-hour window in between, but it might be easier for you. So, yep, that's pretty much it. Hopefully, you got some more information on intermittent fasting. If you're going to do a marathon, make sure it's not make sure, but I would totally recommend a Dublin one. 
and wearing weird goofy socks can help you out as well giving you a giggle when you're suffering through the race side note on the, the, the doing the for the third time this year mentally it was a lot easier doing something for the first time can seem impossible and there was stages in the first time and it was an absolute failure the first time I did it complete failure I was I, I, I'm a little bit embarrassed talking about it but it felt like it went on forever and even doing longer than 10k's just seemed abnormal to me whereas this year was the first time it was like even though I, though I didn't do as many of them going out to do a 20k run I was like this this feels okay this, this doesn't feel as extreme as it would have last year the year before because I'm used to doing that distance I'm used to my mind switching on to the run or switching off to other things like I could be listening I have a random um Spotify playlist for when I'm running and nine times out of ten I don't even recognize that I don't even know what song was on five minutes beforehand because my mind's gone elsewhere but my point being when you start doing something over and over again it is very possible to do it repetition helps the mind a lot so you may be thinking doing something like 42 kilometers seems just damn near impossible but trust me it's possible this is coming from someone who does not consider themselves a runner I, I, a lot of things a runner is not one of them but i am starting to enjoy the process a little bit more which is why i'm probably gonna just sign up and do it again next year and i think i've talked enough about running hopefully you guys got some good info on the intermittent fasting help you think a little bit more on, on your diet and different things like that and that's gonna be pretty much for me i'm gonna wrap up this podcast i got some couple of evening evening sessions to do now at the moment to get the legs warmed up maybe face that foam roll a little bit more trying to loosen now get some more ability in and that's it from me from coach sean take care